This podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Fandango offers movie tickets and gift cards to over 45,000 different screens across the United States and reaches into nearly 80% of the nation's total theaters. By partnering with virtually every leading film exhibitor like Regal, Cinemark, AMC, and more. So to pick up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, head on over to cityweekly.com slash Fandango or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. But your buddy's worse off and he throws you his car keys. Blue lights are blinking four o'clock in the morning. St. Trooper makes you wish that you'd never been born. Better call Saul, better call Saul. You want to tell the world you're in love with a girl named Fran? So you find an overpass and you say it with a spray paint can. Blue lights start a blinking, those handcuffs click. You know who to call and you better call quick. Saul, Saul, you better call Saul. You fight for your rights when your back's to the wall. Stick it to the man, justice for all. You better call Saul. It's finally a brand new episode of Better Talk Saul, Cinema Geekly's Better Call Saul podcast. It's Anthony Lewis, Glenn Beauvais, and we're back after a very, very long break to talk... Uh, season five, episodes one and two of Better Call Saul on AMC. Uh, this is not we we actually have had an episode of this podcast uh, recently. You can go back and take a listen if you want. Uh, we covered the uh, El Camino Breaking Bad movie when it came out on Netflix, which Glenn and I both really enjoyed. But uh, the main event was really waiting for season five of Better Call Saul. And let's hop into it real quick. Let's start with episode one. It's called Magic Man, and we get our flash-forward sequence. So, uh, the Cinnabon manager, Gene, a.k.a. Saul, a.k.a. Jimmy, uh, paranoid, paranoid as shit, Glenn. A.k.a. cell phone guy. A.k.a. cell phone guy. He's paranoid, uh thinks somebody's on to him, thinks somebody's after him. Because of the taxi cab when we left off the season before. Yes, and after a while things seem to have calmed down. It looks like maybe after a couple of days things have calmed down and he just goes back to his daily routine working at the Cinnabon at the mall when he is confronted by a taxi driver. Now apparently, according to Wikipedia we have met this taxi driver before in of course, the season four premiere. So he's like, hey, I know who you are. Yeah, because uh, he had the isotopes. Robbie yes. and I actually rewatched the beginning the, I, of last season because yes. it was like, it's been so long. Yes, he Saul had actually seen the thing in the taxi. And that's that's what worried him. Like, mm-hmm. um, this guy might recognize me. And lo and behold, yeah, the best, best name in all of baseball. He does. He does recognize him. He's like, oh, man, I used to live in Albuquerque. He's like, I saw your signs all over everything. He's like, 
you, you got to say the line. You know, he was telling him like, uh, you know, Eddie Van Halen rode in my cab once. He's like, he's an even bigger star than you are, which is an understatement. Or Sammy Hagar. Oh, Sammy was it Hagar Sammy Hagar? I thought he said Eddie Van Halen. My, yeah. my bad. Someone from Van Halen. That's what stuck yeah, in my I mind. Yeah, I mean, you weren't yeah, were wrong. Uh, <laughs> just, you know, the lesser of the two singers the of less, Van Halen. Yeah, I just went, I think my mind just immediately shut that down and went to Eddie Van Halen. Uh, but yeah, he's like, you know, he gets Gene to say, better call Saul, do the point and everything. But now he is freaked out. Uh, he calls Ed the disappearer, uh, wants to RIP. Yes. Uh, this would probably be his last on screen appearance then, wouldn't it? Yeah. He's so good. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, he doesn't do much in it, but it's just like everything the way he just matter of fact. And then it's just like, yeah, it's so funny. Cause the way their conversation goes, you know, he just, he sticks to his script. And then all of a sudden, like once he kind of realizes yeah. Or is just done playing the game. He's yes. just like, okay, how hot are you? Like, and it's just yeah. He's like, I've been made. And he's like, oh great. Um, <laughs> that's a thing that you will see throughout this show, though, and through all the other seasons. Uh, everything is just so well done. But regardless, he Jean's uh, like, I got to get out of here. We got to change my identity again. It's going to cost him more money, uh, but it's set he's gonna do it but then gene slash saul slash jimmy slash cell phone guy is like you know what i've changed my mind i'm gonna take care of it myself and then we transport back to the year 2004 or you know whatever uh then we've got jimmy and uh Jimmy's telling Kim about the the Saul Goodman alias and that it's part of his cell phone business. So that's where we sort of left off at the end of last year was that Jimmy was going to start practicing law again, but he was going to do it under this alias and this kind of floored Kim. Uh, So he tells him that the alias is part of his cell phone business, gives him an instant criminal law client base. Nacho reports rumors that uh, the cocaine that the uh, Salamancas receive via Gus is inferior, which uh, Lalo Salamanca confirms. Gus falsely tells Lalo that Juan uh, Bolsa and uh, Werner were working for him to build a chiller on the chicken farm under Mike's supervision, but fled with stolen cocaine, which Gus replaced with locally acquired meth. Lalo accepts this story, but remains suspicious. Saul gives away his remaining cell phones to publicize his new law practice. Gus shuts down lab construction because of In Lalo's a red circus tent. Oh, yes. Oh, we'll talk about the details. <laughs> uh, Gus shuts down the lab construction because of Lalo's suspicions, and uh, Mike sends Werner's crew home. Uh, he refuses to accept any payment during the downtime because of unhappiness over Gus's lack of compassion for Werner. Saul's camera crew helps generate publicity for his new practice by faking a confrontation with Deputy District Attorney Oakley. Kim's, uh, meanwhile, Kim has a client who is reluctant to accept a favorable plea bargain, so Saul offers to help trick the client into accepting it. She refuses him, but then when faced uh, with this on her own, she decides to run the con by herself. And uh, at the end of the episode, clearly 
also feels pretty dirty about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of episode one? <sighs> On its own. Yep. I would have given it a five. Mm-hmm. But as we are going to talk about with the second episode, yeah, juxtaposing it to that, I can't justify giving it a five because it's mm-hmm. one five would be much more deserving than the other. Mm-hmm. That being said, the whole beginning part with the taxi driver or not with the taxi, but like his, you know, his plans after that. It's just like, man, it just keep, and this was a long intro too. Yes, um, very long. You know, it just it's just going and going, and it's just, of course, that ends. And then immediately the stakes are changed to where we got to go back to Kim's point of view. Yes. And we're pick now we're picking up those pieces, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just like their conversation of, and it's, and it's funny. And it, it's a credit to how good of an actor Bob Odenkirk is, how well the character is written, just the, how well this, this machine is oiled and run. Yep. Uh, because immediately when he starts talking about the reasons why he wants to change his name, I'm like, Oh yeah, that totally makes sense. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's good. Yeah, that's smart. I like the way that uh, you explain that away. It does kind of make um, sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does in, a, in an awful, awful way. <laughs> but Yeah, well, he doesn't want to be tied to think... his brother's name anymore either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, which is, you know, that's the probably the more valid reason. But again, like when he's like, oh, you know, people already know me as this, blah, blah, blah. I've been mm-hmm. going by that. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, when you, again, you think about it, because we're spending a good chunk of time with Kim, it's like, oh, man, like another piece of your soul you're sacrificing for the pursuit of greatness and however you want to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, you just, you put that, you know, and then we, they go home and you can just tell, like, there's just no love there. And then, yeah, the whole sequence with that. Bozo, who thinks he's he's just like you tell me I got a chance, like yeah, but you could go to jail for six years. Like he's at the least. dumbest, but he's so stupid. I'm sure. I mean, if, I'm him sure and I... his him and his wife or whatever, like they were so good because it just they're so earnest. Yeah, it's just like you cannot be this stupid. But you know, there are people who are this stupid. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we have a. Uh, a friend of the podcast and a fellow podcaster on Cinema Geek Lose, also a lawyer. I'm sure if we talked to Ben, he had <laughs> would have plenty of stories where there are people that are just super dumb about the direction they want to take their cases in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just uh, lunacy. Yeah, it is. But again, at the same time, it's also pointing out flaws within our system. You know, if, you know, uh, I know you listen to Serial, but like when they go to the whole Cleveland thing, I mean, so many of those, mm-hmm. it's like reaching a plea deal is saying you're innocent. You know, like that's probation means innocence, you know. Uh, yeah. And, you know, but I think so for me, like actually thinking of it in that lens with this show um, now And again, especially with what Jimmy is doing, like it is just like, oh, wow, he is just a shitty person. Yeah. But he is actually providing real counsel and, you know, for the most part, getting these people off, you know, relatively easy because definitely the clients he is helping are they are not innocent. So they could be having real jail time. So like he's using the system against itself and he just pulls in every favor again a lot of this is more episode two but again just doing the tents and then running out of the cell phones and then starts doing the 50 percent off felony non-violent crimes yes <laughs> like, i oh mean god <laughs> like, 
Who would even think to do something like that? <laughs> he wants to make sure it's for like non-violent. Yeah, course. yeah. Like so, he's not gonna sell his soul completely, but he's gotta he's gotta give him a little bit of a hook. But half, half off. <laughs> Get a coupon for. Uh, I wonder if I wonder if Ben's ever done something. Like <laughs> I'll have to ask him. Uh, I oh, I mean man. I love this episode. Uh, I mean everything about watching both of these episodes. I don't know. They both feel perfect to me. That yeah, everything is just so spot on with this show. We've talked about it for year, literally years now, but this show is just so wonderfully crafted. Every like everybody knows their characters so well and there's such good chemistry everywhere and the characters move the plot you know oh, it's not yes, just the absolutely. plot it's mm-hmm. the characters actions uh, that's what i mean like especially with two is just a great example of mm-hmm. everything that the characters do it's this is what they would have done and their actions like we are dealing with those consequences it's not a macguffin it's not some outside force it is everything that they do there mm-hmm. are good and bad consequences, consequences. yes yeah. Uh, the that's right, boomers. The story here, boomers agrees. The story here, yes, we know, we know, we know. Uh, the story between Jimmy and Kim is like, I mean, we've been able to see it for a long time. We like, we always knew how this was going to end for them, but the the light that is the train coming in your direction, like down this tunnel, is just getting brighter and brighter and brighter every episode. Like it's, you can just see the, it's very easy to see everything falling apart, even though Jimmy doesn't see it falling apart, but it's falling apart. And even when like most evidently done at the end of the episode. So she helps the dumbest client of all time. Like even Jimmy, who's like, Hey, you know, I could get him off. Like, even he is not that brazen. You know, he hears that Kim got him down from, like, whatever it would have been, two to five years to, like, five months or whatever, something like that. He's like, oh, my God, he should be, like, you know, kissing your feet. Like, this is unbelievable what you've done. And he won't take the thing. Like, just the dumbest client of all time. So she knows when she cons him, when she fakes this story about... I was talking to this guy from the DA and they want to pull the deal. They might have some new evidence or whatever. Um, You know, they, they really want to make an example out of you just outright lying to her client to get him to buy the plea deal. Cause she knows that's, what's going to be best for him. And even though she does the, essentially she does the right thing. I think even as a viewer, uh, somebody who's sitting outside of the situation and just watching it, I felt like she did the right thing. This person just didn't know what was best for him. Like, yes, he has the option to make this choice, but it's uh, clearly the wrong choice unless he wants to spend a lot of time in prison, Uh, which he doesn't. So she made the right choice. But even though she did that, it's clear she hates that she had to do it in the first place. Because it's going against her principles, you know? Yes. And they go even further into this in the next episode. Um, a little bit, but, uh, or at least I thought they did, or they were doing things that were signaling things to the viewers that suggested it. But, uh, the thing I think I love the most obviously was Saul's circus tent and the, they do these so good, just like 
the just like the quick cut of him just pitching everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like telling him to like, oh, that guy, that big guy outside who let you in, his name's Huel. Just ask him. Like, you know, I got him off from spending five years and then it cuts and it's like eight years. And then like by the end, it's like he got him off from 25 years in prison. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you get somebody who's facing 25 years off completely, but just it's his confidence, man. Like, yes, he he knows what he's selling. You know, he sells them phones that are already pre-programmed to speed dial him, you know. Yeah, it has the sticker on it and everything with, point, with oh an arrow God. pointing to it. Uh it's oh my god he's so great and of you know they put him in a a circus tent because he's a a carnival barker uh he's just like you know selling this trashy little lot on the edge of town you know and which by the way i loved the 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 pan they did because they did this pan of like all these people lining up and in this group of people we were everybody we were informed that it was people from all walks of life because like as we went by cars we got like every genre of music <laughs> from like hip hop bass to like metal to country to like uh like club music i'm like well they got like everybody's come out for this uh this shit yeah cuz everybody who don't trust the government in one way or another they all they all have a common enemy you know you look like a a man who's been in a donny brook or two <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know uh a fist fight. Um, you know, and then, like another guy comes in, he's like, you know, I'm sure you want a, you know, a grenade launcher or something in your trunk, but you don't want uncle Sam, you know, taking your guns. Like he had a pitch for everybody. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was just awesome. And then of course that scene at the end was just tremendous where he ran out of cell phones and he's like, I got to get my, I got to get my name out to the rest of these people. How do I do it? Uh, 50% off half off. Uh, my services, non-violent which is violent felonies, non-violent felonies. <laughs> and then people are like, oh man, I've got a lot of non-violent felonies and misdemeanors. I'll take your card <laughs> or either that, or people are either that, or people taking the card or like, I'm bound to commit one of these. Uh, yeah. I'll take one. Uh, or, you know, it's funny because like, you know, what him and him and Kim talk about, and I think, you know, it's a little bit of a wink and a nod from the show because it's like, no, no one's going to truly just go out of their way as we'll find out in the second episode, but no one's truly going to go out of their way and be like, you know, I can just do whatever I want because my, my bill's going to be 50% off. Like, no one's really going to do that. Oh, but the fact of like how they start the second episode. Tremendous. Um, it's just amazing. Uh, other things I want to talk about. Uh, I like the scene where I literally like Lalo. Uh, Lalo, right? Uh, Lalo, so yeah. Manga. Yeah, I like him a lot. Yes. Um, you know, and then like him meeting up with Gus and then the whole exchange of like him finally get to meet Mike and Mike's just like, we done here? Okay, cool. Like mm-hmm. he just doesn't give a shit. Um, Mike like that was, whole stuff was good. Yeah, I mean, Mike, Mike only really got one banger of a scene, but the, yeah. him and Gus, man, like him and Gina Caro, like they are so good together. Yep. Because they're both quiet. They're both stoic. They don't really have to talk a whole lot, but it's just like, it's like Tom Hardy wearing a mask, man. All you need in them eyes and you'll, you know what's going on. Yep. They're uh, tremendous. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, this, this episode was incredible. What did you end up uh, giving it? Because I know you said you were thinking of doing a five, but... I gotta do four, seven, five, man. Okay. 
it was so good but again it's just like to me the what this next episode was 50 percent off is just yeah it was perfect yeah um i mean and i i mean we'll talk about because i texted it to you i mean i about i had to pause it because i was i thought i was gonna die like i was laughing yeah. so hard oh. during this episode um well you know what i i went with a five because yeah i just I can't help it with this show. This yeah, show. four seven five on principle, but a five in my heart. Heart, yes. Uh, all right, so let's let's talk about it then. Episode two, fifty percent off. Uh, now this isn't the first sentence they mention here. I'm just going to read the first sentence because it's not the first thing we see. Uh, but the first sentence here says Gus wants Nacho to get close to Lalo to provide inside information about Lalo's intentions. So yes, that is out cool. of the way. That's the B plot line. Got but it. that. <laughs> The the first thing we see, we we right back when uh, Saul is handing out his fifty percent offs, and two drug users who received them, essentially, you're like, oh my god, fifty percent off, and that <laughs> one guy's like, oh yeah, that's like almost half, and they just go on a drugs and destruction binge. They just go do and drugs every time something happens. They just say fifty percent. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> they like commit crimes. Like they stole some old lady's groceries and they're like 50% off. <laughs> like, they um, robbed that convenience store. And it's just yes. 50% off and they got freaking scratch offs <laughs> hanging out of the car. Oh, uh, they just, and they broke, they just broke windows and they just, they're like, we're going to do drugs and commit crimes just because they're like, oh man, the lawyers are half off. Oh, it was so incredible. Uh, as nah, we're doing 10. Oh, my. <laughs> and at, yes. And speaking of, as they attempt to buy more cocaine at a drug house previously visited by Lalo and Nacho, the drugs get stuck in the drain pipe, which is the delivery service uh, for the drugs. Um, so Domingo, he attempts to go solve this problem, uh, <laughs> trying to get the stuff out of the drain pipe. The two druggies are like can we just shoot it uh and as this happens the police pull up and everybody like runs for it except for domingo who is unfortunately stuck on a ladder trying to get the drain pipe and he plays this so nonchalantly uh they're like is it, hey is that your car and he's like no sir uh and like what are you doing over here and they're like uh, just just trying to fix a drain pipe officer. It's like something's clogging it up and he just taps it. And then a bunch of drugs just fall out. <laughs> oh, it looks like you, looks like you fixed it. <laughs> looks like you solved your blockage or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Domingo is arrested. Uh, recognizing the potential loss of a large cocaine stash. Nacho decides to climb over rooftops, sneak into the house and retrieve the drugs before the police enter. He's also doing this to try to gain favor with Lalo Salamanca. Yeah, because of Gus's Yeah, Gus has basically said tactics. Yeah, Gus essentially pointed out to uh Nacho that we'll kill your family if you don't do this for us. So uh now that that's done, we we go to Mike. Mike is still upset oh, over Werner's death and is drinking heavily. Uh However, his daughter-in-law calls him and gets called into work unexpectedly, and he needs uh, Mike to babysit uh, his granddaughter, Kaylee. Uh, so when he goes over there, uh, you know, they're having uh, 
granddaughter grandfather time but typical when, mike with family stuff yeah when kaylee starts asking questions about her father uh it causes mike to lash out at her in anger and uh he ends up leaving when she gets home and he's like he's she's in her room and she didn't eat dinner and she's like what's going on and he just left uh jimmy meanwhile is attempting to get back into kim's good graces <laughs> Uh, partly by taking her to a house that he wants to buy at some point. And it actually kind of works a little bit. She tells Yeah, Jimmy, but it's such a sad scene. Because it's so, yes. like, you can even tell it with Kim. Like, you can tell yeah, she's that having fun. But 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 once they leave, it's just like, it's no, not, it's all fake. Yeah, it's, this is, it, none of this is real, Jimmy. Uh, oh, man. She tells Jimmy that she appreciated his previous effort his previous effort to help persuade her client to accept a favorable plea deal, but she does not want to lie to any of her clients ever. As Saul, Jimmy turns on the charm at the courthouse and makes a rapid-fire set of plea bargains, including using a trick to persuade Assistant District Attorney Erickson. Uh, And at the end of the episode, Nacho confronts Jimmy and has him get into uh, his car as they drive off. What did you think of episode two? I mean, it was impeccable. Yep. I mean, a- again, everything in this episode was because of what a character did. Mm-hmm. And then as, you know, as the seasons probably can go along, again, all these lines are starting to intertwine. You know, we've kind of always had these three these three plot lines, you know, Nacho, Mike, and Jimmy. And then Nacho and Mike kind of became the same plot line. But now Jimmy's finally getting brought into into the fold and it was just i mean again that drainage pipe thing i mean i about died but also like that's kind of an ingenious way to do it um Mm -hmm. you know with the guy out front and then just dropping it again you're up high you know they can't really get to you yada 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 yes so and it is just so bare bones in there you know just a chair with drugs in it yes (laughs) um you know nacho's great escape was was good i mean even the part where we kind of brushed over like nacho getting dragged away by uh gus's men i mean that whole sequence you know Mm. from him getting picked up again you get to see that he's very well compensated in his position you know something we hadn't seen until last season yep um and then just getting dragged in there and that whole scene where it's just like you know know, we got that one guy who we always known is pretty ruthless he just you know Mm-hmm. He's just chatting up with his dad, being buddies, and yep. it's just like he could just shoot him at any fucking point. <laughs> yeah, and then when he gets in the car, he's like, "Your pops is a nice guy." Yeah, like that's it. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like nothing happened. Like you know, mm-hmm. we, we forget about the circumstances. What I just yes. did was actually very pleasant. You know. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then just uh, you know uh, how the Lalo guy like he likes to cook for himself or other people, and then mm-hmm. like. The little character traits that they're giving him. Yeah, um, he's when great. He, go, he goes to meet Hector, and he's yes. just putting more and more booze because the yes, they gave him vitamin water or something. <laughs> yes, uh, all of that stuff K- was great. What was it? It was like K fizzle or K fizz, something like that. Yeah, no, it's berry. It's his favorite. And he's yeah. like, oh, very. He's disgusting. like, it's very berry. His favorite. Yeah. <laughs> he just dumped it out and then put you know whatever he put in there, tequila or whatever. Yeah, uh, he just pours it, in. and as he's pouring it, you know, it just because again, Hector can't really talk, but he's just like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's mm-hmm. the shit. God, and he's <laughs> so great too, Hector Salamanca. It's it's 
God, that's so great. All the stuff. And he can only communicate with like dinging that bell and facial expressions. Yeah. Just raising his it. eyebrows up. But it's, yeah, it's all. And, but again, like but his face is so, like, his face is so animated though. It's great. And then again, you know, just the tragic stuff with Mike and his granddaughter. Uh, I mean, that whole scene, it just, uh, you know, it starts off. Oh, this is fun. And then very it's just sweet. It's like, yes. Ah, Mike. Man, yeah, she just uh, just keeps going, and she you know, can't. She, and she can't help it. She just wants to know about her dad. Yeah, she doesn't but, know that Mike was a corrupt cop that got his son killed because he tried to follow in his dad' footsteps. How was she supposed to know that? Yeah, or the thing that <laughs> happened recently with with Warner Ziegler and all of the yeah. drinking he's been doing. Like, that's not any. I mean, and I oh, think he knows that. Can we backtrack a bit? Yeah, I totally forgot to mention the last for the last episode where they freaking gave them all envelopes to go on different cars. Oh yes. Yeah. Where they, they did the, uh, uh, we got to close things down. Here are your instructions. Yeah. Uh, um, you're going to Dallas. It's a bit of a drive. That one guy was like, you know, uh, he, he was, was weak. He was weak. Mike flattened this guy. He and had then the like, guy who told him that Ziegler was better than him. He just was like, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. He did not punch that man, but, uh, yeah, Mike flattened that one, dude. Holy cow. Uh, yeah, uh, the, to me, I, again, I love this episode. Again, this was tremendous. The the drug rampage. Oh, my God, that was so hilarious. Like <laughs> 50% I'm si- off! Well, I'm sitting here thinking, like, you know, would, I, would anybody be that dumb? And right here in this episode, sure as shit, there are, like, two people yeah. who couldn't be dumber are like, oh my god, it's practically like a get-out-of-jail-free card or something. I don't know what they were thinking when they did this. But, but... again, those two guys lead to Jimmy yes. getting into the fold and probably start working for Gus and yes, some capacity, too. I mean, yeah, it's just, you know... It all like I said, everything everything was character driven except for the two chaotic guys of yes. drug binge. Like, well, I mean, even that kind of came from Saul giving them the fifty yeah, percent yeah, off the 50% card, and then off. and them thinking that that somehow meant good news for them <laughs> yeah, that they could just you know, a free card. they could just commit more crimes now because of this. Uh, the price isn't as high. Let's uh, let's commit crimes for some reason. Uh, hilarious. Uh, I loved uh, again all of the stuff with uh, with uh, Jimmy and and Kim. To me, the scene that I think most signified, like it just hit me like right in the face when I saw it, like the separation of these two and like how quickly it's on the horizon is just like at the beginning uh, when they're in the when they're in the house and Jimmy is like ironing his really loud suits mm-hmm. and he's like on his like on his earphone uh phone call or whatever talking with some scummy person who did some scummy thing <laughs> he's got 45 clients got 45 clients i got a system but he's like but he's like in his boxers yeah. you know and to contrast that like in front of him like Kim's like in her very nice clothes, getting very well done up to go do her real lawyering job. Oh, and his Jimmy. clothes are taking out the closet, closet. space. Yeah, so there was so much little stuff in there. I'm like, oh my god, this is so perfect. This show is incredible. Man and, in the mirror. Yes, and it's a. I mean, I, I'm going to talk about the the ratings that this show gets and how criminal it continues to be that people are not watching this, but. 
this show uh, is just awesome. Just that scene. I'm like, that conveys everything you need to know right there about what's yeah. going on with these two. And then they, they do go to that house. They have, uh, they actually have fun. Like it, it takes a lot of him poking her to be like, this could be our place. And she's like, yeah, I, I guess. And yeah. cause but, you know, she still loves him deep down. Yeah, she does. She totally cares for him, but she sees him slipping away, uh, because of what he's, you know, because of what he's doing, this path, he's deciding to go down, which, yeah. you know, is definitely morally gray. And I think he understands that, but he still thinks he's doing the right thing. Um, you know, he doesn't think that he's doing anything particularly wrong. He might be skirting things a little bit. Yeah. But or he's doing it more out in the open versus behind closed doors. Yeah. You know? He's still trying to help people, but you know, to mostly to help himself. At least I'm helping these people who truly need the help. You know, I'm doing the same thing you're doing. You know, I'm yeah. sorry I don't have the bank that's going to support me doing this pro bono. Yes. Um, you know, I'm still going to make money off of these guys. Uh, yes. But at least I didn't sell my soul to the big bank. I'm not working for the big firm. You know, like there's yeah. there's ways that he's able to justify it. And then just, yes. you know, him seeing Howard. And it's just like mm-hmm. how their dynamics change where it's more of like, Jimmy couldn't stand seeing Howard. Howard couldn't stand seeing him. But now yep. that the dust is all settled and Howard's, you know, got his money back into his law firm and yada, yada, yada. Yep. You know, it's like, oh, hey, you know, we should go out and get dinner. And it's probably more of like Howard wants to pick his brain because as we found out earlier seasons, like Howard has always believed in Jimmy. He always thought he could be a good lawyer, but mm-hmm. his brother kind of got in the way. Yeah. Um, and even Howard's definitely, I mean, even with that bogus fundraiser that they did howard's always seemed like he's been pretty okay with doing the uh skirt in the line yeah. a little bit yeah um i mean he hasn't tried to make himself out to be the you know the moral principle for everything the law is sacred it's like no yeah. this is a tool and people use it to their own advantages and fuck them you know yeah i so. mean and as we can see uh later on like this sort of thing is like jimmy's superpower like he is very good at this, so he yeah. confronts uh, the district attorney or the assistant district attorney Erickson, and he's like, "Hey, I, I want to, you know, I w- can we can we talk? Can we go through some of this stuff?" I've, uh, and she's like, "Don't you have an appointment with me for like Tuesday?" And he tries to like push her on the subject, and she just flat out tells him to his face exactly what he's doing, and she doesn't, you know, she's like, "Dude, you're just you're just trying to do like the." You know, you've got like all of these clients and you're just trying to do a churn. You're just trying to get them out so you can get new ones in. It's all about just making money for you. Uh, she's just, and it, he's completely honest with him. And it, it is exactly what he's trying to do. Uh, yeah. He takes on all of these cases, tries to just plead them all off and then, you know, make his money and then move on. Uh, he goes out of his way to pay a like a janitor or a maintenance guy to, to screw up the get elevator. Get help his brother get off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cause yeah, he's got a brother who's in, who's in trouble. So he makes sure that an elevator stops working when Jimmy and, uh, a, a district attorney, uh, attorney Erickson are in an elevator together. So the elevator busts, and he tries to feign ignorance, but like in the worst way, like I think she kind of has an idea of what's happening here a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and she's just like, whatever, let's just do it. Let's just do it. And then they go and he rapid, they just do rapid fire plea bargain. And she is stunned at how rapid fire, like she's like, uh, 
she's like, 12 months probation. And he's like, sure. And he's like, that's it? And he's like, yep, next one. <laughs> and they just... But you can on. tell she kind of likes it, you know? A like, little bit. Like, if it's going to be like this, I probably wouldn't mind. I just love when he's like, hey, you know, we have a lot in common. I hope. Yes. <laughs> well, 16 cases to be <laughs> But I wonder how long it took them to rehearse that scene, though. Because mm-hmm. that always... I mean, he's going back and forth and like, man, yes. that, the timing of it is yes. just perfect. Yeah. Uh, the... And, uh, yeah, the, just good. Like the innards of this show are just—it's uh, like a clock. It's really impressive if you like peel back the layers of the show and just see like uh, how everything gets just put together and framed and shot and just everything is so good. Uh, this is a great show, and we've we've been talking about it for a while. I, I think the plan still might be to to continue watching Breaking Bad after this to kind of go through mm-hmm. and re-review it after all this time. But I, don't, I know we've mentioned it a few times, even going back a couple of years, this might be a better show than Breaking... Uh, might be a better show than Breaking Bad was. Uh, yeah. Which and is, a lot of it's just, you know, they're better writers. They know the characters, too. Yeah, so. they've had... They, they've cheated a little bit by having all the previous experience. But Breaking Bad was like an all-time great show for me. By the time this is done, this is going to be very high on my list of favorite TV shows of all time. This is so yeah. good. Uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, if not, what would you give 50% off? I'm going to give it a 50% great. No. Uh, <laughs> I will two also and a half. No. 50% off. Yeah. No, I mean five. No, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just damn good television. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... I don't know, you know, there's so many people, like even my father love Breaking Bad. I asked, like, hey, have you watched Better Call Saul? Uh, no, I didn't really want to. And I'm like, man, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Like, it's, uh, and I'll tell him, like, I think it's better than Breaking Bad. Oh, oh, really? And I'm like, no, it's the fat is all trimmed. Like, you don't, there's no having to waste time to build up the tension and get to where Walt's mm-hmm. just evil. You know, it's. Yes. You know, yeah, where Jimmy's becoming more and more of Saul, but like all of that is there. Like, yep. and it's just a matter of him getting the respect and the power to do what he does, you know, more than anything. And, mm-hmm. you know, it is nice having Gus in it, but it's like, you know, we waited. It wasn't just immediate, you know, that we got him. And even just new additions like Nacho and Kim, they're great, you know. Yep. Uh, no, it's just it's a it's an amazing amazing show and because it you know it usually gets nominated come Emmys and Golden Globes time but it just never wins mm-hmm. and now that you know Game of Thrones is finally over with and they don't have to throw a bone to what most people thought was a shit season yep um, you know maybe this show can finally become like the next in line to get the yes. get the awards you know that it so you know, that it deserves absolutely and you know i know awards are awards who gives a shit but mm-hmm. you know for this kind of stuff you know prestige does help you know you get eyeballs you know the show now needs that eyeballs yeah and if it you know because just think about it the show is now i know it's watched a lot on netflix so it is like kind mm-hmm. of behind as far as when a new season comes out but yeah. just having something say that you know you know, Emmy for best drama, you know, it's going to get some eyeballs on it. And, and that's, you know, I remember whenever I, the reason why I want to watch Mad Men, it was like, you know, three time Emmy winner of best drama. It's like, Oh, well shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> probably should, pretty good. Probably pretty good. Yeah. I should give it a watch. 1.6 yeah. million 
for the premiere and only 1.06 million for episode two. Uh, mm. just, well, I mean, I didn't know that there was a second episode no, me until either. my friend asked me. So Yeah, me either. But uh, it just breaks my heart. Like, tons of people should want But, I mean, this is similar to Breaking Bad. It doesn't have the hype that Breaking Bad has, because eventually Breaking Bad got all of that hype uh, where people started watching it near the end of the run. Uh, that has never happened with this show, unfortunately, which is a shame because it's... You know, you don't have to think it's better than break, uh, Breaking Bad, but I think at worst it is just as good. Uh, yeah, I think it's a just a fantastic show. I also gave this a five. Uh, let's see if we can go ten for ten with me this year, and just every episode is a five. Uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, really, the last one it was a five. I mean, had we not have done it just back to back, it's just. Mm-hmm. I felt like I kind of had to give a little bit of a slant, but I mean, even the first episode, there was nothing that wasn't, I mean, those first 10 minutes alone Mm -hmm. of him in the parking lot and stuff like that is just like, Oh God. So good. Uh, I mean, and this is a show that uh, works really well with its uh, episode titles as well. So if something (laughs) is given an episode title, you know that it is going to have bearing on the episode. And I would just like to point out that the uh, finale episode for this season is called something unforgivable oh lord and yeah (laughs) like i looked at that and i'm like oh man this is gonna be good i'm like i mean i'm looking at the rest of these episode titles too there's one jmm which is uh the initials on his uh on his briefcase Briefcase. that kim got him he's going as saul now so he's just like even that even that he's like, oh, I love this. He's like, I'm going to use it. And if people just ask me about the JMM, I'll just say it's my motto. Yeah, Ju- justice matters most, I think. <laughs> and Kim just looks at him like, oh, my God. Uh, Why do I love this man? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like she got him but this, at the same time. She got him know, this like... gift and he's essentially he somehow found a way to take his gift and use it as part of his grift as Saul yeah. Goodman. And she's like, that's not what I wanted. He's always on. Always on. Uh, So, yep. Two tremendous episodes to start the fifth season of this also tremendous show. Uh, I can't wait to come back next week. We'll talk about more. Uh, Head on over to... I know, especially with the way the episode ends. Sorry. Yes, yeah. It was kind of a big cliffhanger there. Yeah. Um, So... uh, that's it for this week's episode. Head on over to cinemageekly.com uh, where you can check out the archives. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search for Better Talk Saul. Hit subscribe. And that way you can hear us come back next time and talk about more Better Call Saul Season 5, Episode 3, called The Guy for This. Mm-hmm.